Hello, it is Thursday, August 12th, 2021 years after zero, my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. I think we got a pretty good show for you with three brand new guests and a lot of conversation. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes on this beautiful Thursday. And if by the end of this thing you enjoy the show, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever, ever happened. These drop-in ads, by the way. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of them either. Okay, we'll figure it out and let's assume that I will handle it. Okay. I'm all about the quality of the show and I can't thank you enough. Never want to disrespect you or your ears or your life whenever you choose to listen to a show like this. It's supposed to be a mental vacation. Let's keep it as such. Let's get to it. Ty, please run this beautiful bean footage, please. We got three guests that we have never had before, and I cannot wait to chat with them. Gable Dan Stevenson, Olympic gold medalist Ooh. wrestler, a guy from Minnesota who did the he did the six and a half second buzzing buzzer beating takedown to win the gold medal over the guy from Georgia who looked to be a ginormous human being. This guy's an electric factory guy. I cannot wait to chat with him. He's already tweeted Dana White and Vince McMahon. He's 275 pounds, just won a gold medal, and does a Round off backflip, dead body backflip, like it's no problem at all. Maybe one of the most explosive humans our earth has ever seen. Cannot wait to chat with him and see what he's going to get into in the next coming months, days, years. Carly Lloyd will be joining us. What? Huh? Big You're, soccer show. Let's go. Big soccer Big show. Big soccer show. Nobody ever talks about it. We've covered soccer uh, kind of pretty in-depthly here. We mm-hmm. talked about uh, the number two, number three overall soccer tournament on earth, the Europe's. Of course. Right. Uh, we talked about the uh, Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the... Uh, uh, the Concafa. The Concafa, which were champions. Uh, we talked about uh, Messi being messy and then finding home when in paris i mean we've covered the olympics i mean i feel like we're potentially one of the biggest soccer shows on earth at this point we even got a british guy calls in and tells us what's going on over there and nigel seeley i feel like the soccerness of our show has grown at a rate that none of us could have expected or wanted because watching the sport is tough to do Uh. but the one team that you can always depend upon being great now Didn't win the gold, obviously, in this Olympics. But our U.S. women's nationals team is normally the team that we say, hey, we got the ladies. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Didn't win it all in the Olympics, but Carly Lloyd has been an OG on this team for a long time, has won a gold, has accomplished a lot of things. Cannot wait to chat with her one hour from now. I assume when she gets off that phone call with us, she's going to say, that show's the worst show I've ever been. Good chance. Never again. At Ty Schmidt and at Boston Connor are here. What are you excited to talk to Carly Lloyd about, Ty Schmidt? Well, I just want to know if she was actually close at any point to signing with an NFL team okay. or getting a shot. Okay. Because she was kicking, you know. I mean, field goals I, with it, the field Ravens. Field goals with the Ravens. And then there was, they had the whole Bears thing where they were trying to find the kicker. And a lot of people were saying, well, hey, maybe Carly Lloyd goes over there and, and kicks with the Bears. Good pop of the football off of her foot whenever Sam Cook was holding for her at a training camp, I believe. She dominated that. She scores goals. She's a guest in one hour from now. Cannot wait for it. And then, in two hours and 55 minutes at YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show, the problem child, Jake Paul, will be joining <laughs> That's right. Keeping it a YouTube exclusive strictly because Jake Paul basically built YouTube. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I can't wait. I feel like we're doing him quite an honor by doing that. And I also believe that Jake Paul is good for the sport of boxing and for everything. Cannot wait to chat with him at 3 p.m. I'm sure people are going to absolutely love it. Can't wait to talk to you as well on the 5-Hour Energy phone line, one 833 4 McAfee. Call in with your questions, opinions, and everything in between. At Ty Schmidt, where 
internet, John Deere denim button down. Yeah. Big day to be in Iowa. Big day to be a New York Yankees fan. Big day for corn. Yeah, absolutely. Field of Dreams game tonight. And uh, the, the closer we get to it, I am getting very excited because, you know, you always talk about the thing that people like about baseball who aren't baseball fans is all the bullshit that surrounds the game itself. Bingo! And that's what we're getting tonight. A lot of pageantry. Kevin Costner's back for, I think... What? Yeah, exactly. He First got time. off of that gang uh, thing that he's got running over there in Montana? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, and yep. he's coming all the he, way over? He left the ranch for a little bit. And he put on the old fit? And put on... Yeah, I think he had denim on, if I'm not mistaken. He's back in Dyersville. It's only a town of about 4,000. There's going to be 10,000 plus there at oh. the game tonight. And I'm also like someone mentioned it out there. Very hot in Iowa, so balls are gonna fly tonight into the field, into the cornfield. Here we go, and it, it is like you look at the pictures and everything. Like it looks, it looks awesome. So, I really wish I was gonna be there tonight, but it's gonna be pretty sweet watching it on yeah, TV too. There ain't nothing better than hopping off your John Deere. No, okay, right there in the town of four thousand, mm-hmm. going down on Main Street there. Yep, stopping by the bank real quick. Let me get a couple extra dollars because I want to buy an American Pie hot dog, uh, apple no, pie never. hot dog from Guy Fieri at this thing. Mm-hmm. No islands are doing that. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I would want to do if okay. I was in Iowa. Okay. Hop off my John Deere. Sure, sure. Okay, go downtown, get some money to get the apple pie thing, go and watch the boys play a little baseball. America's pastime in the middle of a goddamn farm. Is there a few, Is there a fence out there, or is it a home run just if you make it to the corner? No, so they. Uh, I think the way it's set up is where the actual movie was. Like the People are going to walk in through there, and then they kind of just have like a pathway to the other field that they just built. There is a, uh, a wall in the outfield, but then right on the other side of the wall is the cornfield. So. Okay, so are we going to see are we going to see any humans going into the corn? Then it's possible. Can of corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah pop exactly. Up. Hopefully, some of the players will walk out from the cornfield when the game starts, like they do in the movie. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, it's not a boring game. I yeah. hope there are a lot of bombs and we don't get just like a pitcher's duel because there's a lot to be excited about in this game. Should we not have Shohei Otani? versus the New York Yankees in this thing. Is this not yes. the team that we should have playing in there? And, and how does this – do the Yankees always play the White Sox? Are they in the same thing? How, they're how did both this, in the American League. So how did the White Sox become the team that is doing this? To be honest, I don't know. I want to say that last year when they uh, were going to do this, when it got canceled by, by uh, COVID, they either were going to play the Red Sox mm-hmm. or the Cardinals or something like that. And I think that it just kind of – this is the way it fell. You is know? this like the Lions taking Thanksgiving? Kind you know of. what I mean? Like, hey, you guys are going to have a little corn party? All right, the whole <laughs> world's going to watch it. Our terrible team that never gets seen is going to play in it then. We're yeah. going to do that. We are going to lock it in. We are going to – Zito's handling business right now, <laughs> right. it sounds yep. like. But we are going to lock in that we are in that primetime spot in the cornfield forever. If that's what the White Sox are doing, I love the business move. But for me, I don't know if that's going to drive me away from <clears throat> yeah. preseason football. Here tonight. we go. Here we go. New England Woo. is playing tonight against – the Washington football team. And Mac Jones is starting playing? Uh, he's definitely playing. I believe him and Cam is also definitely playing. Fitzmagic, Heineke, both playing. This is going to be an absolute battle tonight. Hall of Fame game stunk. It was terrible. It did. Okay, Hall of Fame game stunk. It was like the cornfield game. All the pageantry around it made it a much better viewer experience. I will pop in to see if any balls are going in the corner. You need to. You don't I need to watch the whole thing, but you need to pop in at least once. Uh, it'll be put on the internet. I assume I'll be able to see it if a ball goes into oh, the yeah. corner. 
whatever. And I will hopefully get a good review or 10 from the great people of Iowa that have that apple pie hot dog that Guy Fieri put together specifically for this Field of Dreams game that Kevin Costner is probably going to eat two of the three of them. If, yes. I if Costner wants to eat a couple, that's fine. He's not from Iowa. But uh, like I said, Iowans, they don't want that bullshit. Yet Guy Fieri shows up with an apple pie hot dog. Iowans are lining straight up. Remember, yeah. Iowa, also the home of... John Wayne Gacy. Uh, Boom. How about that? Oh, yeah. How about that? Oh, yeah. I actually yeah. heard they're doing an in memoriam for him before the game tonight. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they get man of the year over there. Yeah, Waterloo, yeah, Waterloo, Waterloo JCs. That's right. Anyways, <laughs> it's going to be tough to watch that. No way. It's going to be tough to watch that game if you're not a super baseball person or, you know, maybe From a, Iowa. a nostalgia act. Or, I yeah. mean, I'll pop over there, but I think everybody's going to bounce over to see what the hell's going on in this Washington New England game. One week ago, that Hall of Fame game was trash. No points, no real good plays. Defense is flying around, but it's mostly shit because there's only five days of practice leading into that. Tonight, you got Bill Belichick coaching. Boy. All right. Mac Jones trying to earn a job there. What? You got Ron Rivera with his team back on the same page, it sounds like. Yeah. Ryan Fitzmagic literally Ooh. looks like Teen Wolf right now with the way he's built. <laughs> Heineke is Fitzmagic at the same time. Cam Newton's probably going to be playing a little bit, if I uh -huh. had to guess, because of what's going on up there. This has a chance to be an actual good football game, and we're back. Is the NFL season back? 100%. We're back. Feels like we're back. We we're, we're back. back. We did it. Everybody on earth is going to be pulling for the Washington football team to beat the hell of the Patriots tonight, I assume. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to see what Mac Jones got out there. Boston Connor rocking an incredible new mullet. Need to get you some of these so that we can see that thing because the headphones, I think, are kind of impeding on the beautiful fade oh, that you yeah. have for the Kentucky waterfall, for the business in the front, party in the back, for everything you got going on. But tonight is exciting, I assume. Massive night. You finally get to figure out, okay, Mac Jones isn't going to be wearing number 50 this year what is he actually going to be wearing let's see what that happens you mentioned the pittsburgh dallas game before neither of the starting quarterbacks were playing i feel like in this game with mac jones cam newton heineke and fitzmatch you just mentioned kind of battling i don't know about fitzmatch heineke if they're not but newton and mac jones is a full-on battle hopefully that's you know first quarter newton second quarter into the third quarter for mac jones maybe get him some time and then let the wild hoyer run wild because i have full faith in the new england patriots getting the job done tonight we are a great preseason team and Brian Hoyer, unbelievable quarterback. I mean, he'll get the job done for Brian us. Hoyer did make a couple decisions last year as quarterback for the New England Patriots that would say, hey, that guy should be playing in the fourth quarter of the first preseason game. Exactly. Okay. There was a exactly. couple of those moments. Yeah. But Hoyer's going to be around, right, obviously, uh, through yeah. the year. So him playing in the fourth quarter isn't like a complete slight on Hoyer. He is just in third. He's the third-string quarterback. He's right? the guy like for Mac, basically. What has been explained by a couple of people who have been at practice is Hoyer will go in. He'll, you know, do a drive or whatever, and then it's essentially like, okay, Mac, that's what how you want to attack oh. the defense because him and Newton are so different. Newton can scramble and run around. Mac's more, you know, in the pocket, just moving. Hey, he's with a his lot feet. more athletic than everybody's saying. That's, that's right. right. He's got some swag. It's weird. There was a lot of things said about Mac Jones. Uh, whenever he was the expected projected three overall that San Francisco 49ers got rid of numerous future first rounders to go up and get. We learned a lot. That actually happened the same day, I believe, as the Alabama Pro Day, and Mac Jones went out and put on a show. There was a couple drops, there was a couple of this, but then we learned a lot about Mac Jones because Mac Jones, very similarly to Joe Burrow, only had one year in college to really do their thing. With that Sarkeesian offense that was brought into Alabama, and Mac Jones Jones's big ass brain. Mm -hmm. They were able to run motions. They were able to utilize all the five star blue chip 
weapons that they have in that offense that we thought could have never been able to touch what LSU was able to do just a year before they were putting up number yeah. numbers because college defenses are rather basic and that's just how it is that's how it always will be I assume because you can't really do as much you don't have as much time in the IQ football IQ you whenever you're not just studying film all day or getting tells you can't be as aggressive I, I believe the Clemson defensive coordinator is a very aggressive uh, there's a couple of them maybe out there but most college defenses because of either the turnover of player and new players coming in are pretty basic. So if you have a sophisticated offense with motions and you have a quarterback that can dissect the defense quickly, cover two, boom, this is the hot. Mac Jones was able to do that with Alabama last year. Got Sarkeesian the head coaching job at the University of Texas immediately after one year of success. So once we started learning, oh, he's much more athletic than you think. His off-balance throws are good. His, uh, his arm is strong. He's faster than you think. Once we started hearing all that shit, I started learning about Mac Jones, I thought, man, there's a 100% chance this guy is going to be a bust. This guy, Mm -hmm. at three overall, is going to be a bust. Seems like he's come out of nowhere. Then, as the story continued to unfold, and then obviously Trey Lance is a mini Patrick Mahomes. He's the one that they were actually targeting at three. Mac Jones drops to New England, and immediately upon him going to New England, you start thinking to yourself, of course, the guy that I thought was potentially going to be a bust and maybe somebody reaches too much for and doesn't have enough experience and who knows. It wasn't just me that thought this. A lot of people thought this. Of course, he falls to Bill Belichick. And then you see the photo. Mac Jones with no shirt on. Looks exactly like Tom Brady <laughs> yeah. with no uh-huh. shirt on. Then the comparison's coming from his former teammates. He's got a little Tom in him. It's Ooh. like, all right, what does that mean? Then you start hearing he's he's picking up the offense very, very quickly. You start hearing the fact that he's dropping balls into absolute buckets. He's got more swag. He's got more uh, the team likes him a lot more than you could ever imagine it's like is mac jones about to be a fucking guy and does the new england patriots know that that is potentially the outcome and that's why they spent 150 million dollars in the first day of the free agency tampering period imagine if bill does this with the patriots again and we will have no idea what the future looks like after tonight there will be an overreaction tomorrow from this mulleted man up here for sure about one way or the other mac jones is either going to be the greatest quarterback of all time starting tomorrow or uh, we might be in trouble starting tomorrow. let's go cam let's go cam there'll be something like that out of him but i think tonight is our first chance to kind of see like okay everything's been said about mac both good and bad what is real what isn't and does this guy have a chance to be the squad or is cam newton one year removed from the old uncle COVID showing up at a dinner he had with somebody else uh is he all the way back there's a lot of storylines coming out of new england washington's kind of an afterthought no offense to washington i got you guys winning the nfc east or whatever. Right. but tonight in new england we're about to learn a lot about potentially the next 10 to 15 years yeah very pumped just to see the patriots back on the field with some fans in the stands and for mac the biggest thing that we, at least i think that i've heard out of camp is that he'll go in he'll screw up he'll make a mistake but then going forward he won't make that same exact mistake again and also you know Belichick and McDaniels will absolutely rip into him and it won't really affect him as much and it'll almost motivate him so I like that type of stuff and it'll be good just to see him toss the rock oh he likes to get coached up you're exactly saying. he, he likes, likes the fact that he, he gets coached it. up yeah he gets motivated yell at me I'm trying to get pissed off so I can throw a touchdown 90 yards to John Who Smith now you are potentially a little bit over and you shouldn't be because no you should be actually there was a video that surfaced of mac jones out of training camp where he threw an incompletion Mm -hmm. do you remember that he threw an incompletion and uh 
Connor was losing his mind because of where the ball was located. Yeah. Right? It was a little bit of an overthrow, kind of. The wide receiver definitely could have made a play. But it was every video or every play that was coming out about Mac Jones out of training camp was a good one. It really did mm -hmm. seem like that was the case. This is just like Aaron Rodgers throwing the goddamn balls into the buckets. It's like, what are we not seeing? Is there terrible reps from Mac Jones? I guess he has thrown a pick in training camp and everything like that. But with the way it's being talked about about Mac Jones, it's almost like this guy is being anointed as like the next guy. I guess tonight, second, third quarter, we'll get a chance to see it, hopefully. In other preseason news, Justin Fields is going to play all the way into the second half, Ooh, I guess, yeah. for the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton not playing at all then. Is that what that means? Yeah, probably not, right? I figured he yeah, get at least a couple drafts because if he's playing in the second half, you think they're going to give Fields damn near three quarters in this preseason well, game? Probably the first half into the second yeah. half or whatever. I don't know. Unless Andy Dalton's doing like a drive or two, yeah. or maybe three to get him comfortable. But if Justin Fields is going to play into the second half of the first preseason game, even if you don't think he's going to be a great quarterback, you have to assume he's going to be able to outrun some people and move around and scramble and keep plays alive. I like that a lot. Who knows what the Dolphins are going to have on the field? Right. Who I, I don't know if Two is going to be playing much out it. there. Jacoby's probably not going to be playing much unless they got Jacoby playing. If they got Jacoby playing a lot, we're going to have to change this entire thing around. <laughs> yeah. Gumpy, our Dolphins uh, expert, has told us, though, that Jacoby's probably not playing. Well, he, yeah, I mean, if Jacoby's not playing, I definitely don't think two is playing. I, I would imagine they want to do whatever they can to get to the season with him being 100%. But, yeah, if Justin Fields is playing – two-plus quarters, and the Finns are playing some guy who's probably not going to make the team at quarterback. Yeah, hammer the Bears. Yeah, me too. Ipso facto gambling 101. This is going to be my new thing. If I see something, I'm immediately betting it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I, we'll see how this works out. This might be a mistake, okay? I might lose this one. I might lose the next one, and I'll have to adjust my strategy. But in my eyes, this seems like the smart bet, and we're trying to take every single dollar from this stupid FanDuel Sportsbook. Without question. Um, I have to use this handheld mic because this microphone was working for YouTube, but not for Sirius, I guess. Yeah, yeah. so for some reason, I don't know what happened, but like uh, Sirius couldn't hear you. They could only hear you off these mics, but YouTube could hear you perfectly through that mic, so it's very odd. This is Zito, our production expert back there. Also, uh, he was handling a potential punching machine being delivered as the show was going onto the air. Yep. Then what, Sirius called you and said, hey, we can't hear a word he's saying? <laughs> they said, uh, yeah, it's horrible, too. We couldn't hear a word you guys were saying over there. I was like, yeah, he's talking. YouTube could hear him. Hey, shout out to YouTube. Uh, <laughs> what, so is it this microphone just basically said, like, hey, I don't want to do it with Sirius anymore or what? Yeah, he hates Sirius, I guess. What's that microphone Sirius trying to tell you? Jeez. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I love Sirius. Whoa. But we're trying to figure it out. We'll get that up and going again for you. All right, I'll do a handheld. That ain't no problem to me. There's a couple other stories around the NFL here that are worthy of note. Mm -hmm. Michael Thomas got injured last year in junk time, garbage time. Hurt his ankle all season. It was a story alongside the Saints. Michael Thomas, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Everybody will put him in the top five. I'm not getting into who the best wide receiver on earth is. He's in the top five. He is a guy that people talk about. Obviously, out of Ohio State, an absolute weapon and a stud for that Saints offense. Alongside Kamara, Taysom Hill, and obviously for a long time, Drew Brees. But last year, when Michael Thomas got hurt in junk time, that thing lingered all year. Mm -hmm. And allegedly, via liked tweets from Michael Thomas, we have learned that the New Orleans Saints did not want Michael Thomas to get surgery last year. They wanted him to treat it, rehab it, get healthy, 
play, played a little bit, was nowhere near his absolute best, missed some games, came back, was ready to play, got benched because he got into a fight with CJ GJ. Last year for Michael Thomas was a catastrophe with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Yep. It came out after the season from his people, I think, or maybe it came from Breeze's camp that Michael Thomas was playing at the end of the year when he definitely shouldn't have been because he knew it was Drew Breeze's last go and didn't want to waste the opportunity. Wow. Good huh? teammate. Good teammate, Michael Thomas. Then the offseason comes. And if we're reading the situation right, it sounds like the Saints' medical staff, the same one that maybe told him we could play through this season and not get surgery right now. And I'm not, hey, that happens in conversations. Like, hey, think you can battle through this. We can get through this and then do a surgery at the end of the year. I'm not sure if that was the conversation. It has happened to me. Uh, I assume it's happened to other people. Like, hey, we can get a surgery. Michael Thomas seemed to have lost trust in the New Orleans Saints medical department, the coaching department, decide not to get his surgery, then cut off contacts with the New Orleans Saints for three months, came back, had to get surgery, is going to miss seven to eight weeks. Sean Payton has come out and said, fuck it, and not happy about <laughs> yeah. it. Michael Thomas has subtweeted and subposted about the entire situation. Then Sean Payton had answered said, I'm not doing a press conference based on social media uh, situations or something like that. It seemed ugly. Jay Glazer told us it doesn't end good. No. Mm. This has been going on a long time. This doesn't end good. Well, good news, Saints fans. They sat down. They got a little, uh, Jesus. They got a little bit of, uh, what's that stuff? Gumbo. Gumbo. Okay. They got some gumbo. Probably extra spicy down there. Yeah, extra spicy gumbo. Uh, they talked to each other over a couple hurricanes. Yep. They drank a couple hurricanes. They each potentially forgot exactly where they were or what they were doing because those hurricanes do hit very strong. I have no idea how those things are legal. Uh, they give you basically a bucket and say, hey, go ahead and just... <laughs> Don't remember anything from the night. Yeah. Shout out for New Orleans for doing that. It's a blast. Uh, they had a situation where they talked, and I don't know if they had hurricanes or gumbo or what they were eating down there. Uh, and allegedly, things are much better than it was before. Wow. Sometimes a little sit-down can get, maybe make some things happen. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, which is still a company, says, despite issues in recent weeks between the Saints and wideout Michael Thomas, sources said the wideout had a productive meeting with head coach Sean Payton, and the two sides are working to move past their frustrations. Hmm. Was Vince Vaughn and Wilson there saying, hey, let's put our swords down. Is that what happened? There had to be someday. How about the wedding night? How about when you signed a deal? Is that what happened? I like seeing this, by the way. People get past situations so that they can continue to thrive together. Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks, we seen it. Aaron Rodgers, Gunther Kuntz, is Murphy. Here we go. And we'll everybody see. else, is that going to be able to happen? We'll see. This one seems like they're getting back on the right foot. This is good news, especially for the football team. Whenever your stars get along with the team, that's good news for everybody. See, I assumed it was bullshit. I don't know why. Just oh. because, like, it, but I mean, with how how pissed off both sides were, Sean Payton in that press conference, like, you don't see him like that hardly ever. Michael Thomas is quote tweeting stuff. Like, I thought this was maybe just them, like, hey, we got to put the fire out on this right now before you know like social media kind of carries it to a point where it is irreversible I, but you think this is genuine you think they really did get together and things are much better now than they were two days ago all right let's think back to a time of the past sure whenever you and by the way i'm not saying that this is how it should be now i'm just saying this was something and this was how something was of the past you and somebody don't get along you get mad at each other 
so mad at each other, mm -hmm. very mad at each other. You actually might have a physical altercation with that person. You might actually throw a bomb and land that thing on a jaw or a face somewhere, and that might get returned from that person that you never thought. And then immediately afterwards, once that entire dump is out of you, whatever emotional dump that you have out of you, it's in those moments where the most clarity comes, is it not? It is in those moments where you potentially say, all right, I'm done with this shit, and there's a handshake that happens after. Doesn't always. There's some people that we know from our area they are going to hate each other forever. You know, yeah. it makes no sense. They fought before, and then they would fight yet again if they could get the energy back and do it again. It never made sense to me. Thought they should maybe get over it. But we've all seen those types of people. But most of the time, when somebody has it out with somebody, gets loud, gets, you know, emotional, a lot of energy, get, normally you get back on the right side of things. Normally on the other side, there's a moment where it's like, okay, I respect you a little bit more now. I appreciate what we've been through. Let's learn from this so it doesn't happen again. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe Sean Payton threw a big right too. Maybe you know what I mean? Maybe they had it out. Maybe they got an octagon with Jay Glazer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Maybe they were doing that that shoulder thing that uh -huh. Jay does. Oh, with yeah. Johnson. Yeah, the, the, the warm-up thing. I just assumed he showed him a video of James Winston throwing the ball 95 yards and said, you don't want to play with this? You see this guy? He got LASIK. We're going to win every single game that we play in this year. Get your ass to camp right hey, now. Hey, Jameis is throwing ball 95 yards? Absolutely not. He said that they had the best uh, running back condoms in the league. And then he corrected himself and said tandems. All right. Combo. Not me. Not me. James. Combo. Tandems. You can see how. Sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's going to happen. But once again, it seems like those types of things do happen much more often for Jameis yeah. than anybody else. Yeah, unfortunately. And James is now at this point has to be one of the most mentally tough humans of all time. Without for all the things he has put <laughs> himself into and through in the reaction that has been seen on the other side. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That might be a weapon, but Taysom Hill, Storm and Mormon, he's balling as well. Happy birthday, Jay. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Jay. Jay. Thank you. Hey, another trip around the sun, Jay. Completed fucking good for you, pal. One more. Good luck on this next one. It's gonna be a big one, by the way. This is a huge one for you. Oh, big one, Jay. A little bit going on. All right, man. Good luck with this year, dude. Thank you. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday, Jay. Happy birthday, Jay. Congrats on surviving. Thank you. Living. What? what? Breathing. What? Working. What? Eating. What? Sleeping. What? And you're getting married here soon. That's pretty cool, man. Let's have a weekend. I'm yeah. going to celebrate the hell out of you. Happy birthday. I appreciate you. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and... Meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. I get it. <laughs> that is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When, you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's oh, right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Occup Ruff. Population, you, dude. Hell yeah. 
Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. There is a massive fight. Sunday, August 29th on Showtime. The man that will be involved in the main event has rewritten the history books when it comes to the sport of boxing, when it comes to being an independent businessman, a person that I am a massive fan of because without him, his brother, and many, a couple others, we would not be able to do what we do right now for a living. Ladies and gentlemen, undefeated global superstar boxer, Jake Paul. Yeah! <laughs> what up, dude? Hey, bro, I need to pay you to do my intros all the time. Hey, I'm pretty good at them, Jake. It's kind of a thing I do, but it, it only happens with people I actually respect. I can't fake it. You know, it's tough for me to fake it. You know what I mean? No, well, I, I appreciate the kind words, man, and um, it, it means a lot, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of your show. AJ, watch you growing up, man, so, um, yeah, happy to be here. Listen, you Ohio guys are something special. I mean, always have been, always will be. I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> AJ and I have a great relationship, I think, because of the massive amount of Ohio he is. I think watching you, Jake, though, from afar, just, you know, as when you're in a spotlight in young ages as you're trying to grow and develop, you can make some mistakes and the world sees it. I think what you have been able to do in Trailblaze business-wise for shows like us and other people, I want to let you know, massive ally, massive fan. I appreciate you for joining us, Jake Paul. 100%, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Trying to change the game, make history, and, yeah, and innovate, pave the way. How'd you get into boxing? Did you just get bored of making hundreds of millions of dollars dominating the internet or what? You said, you know what, I need to get punched in the face. What were you thinking? Uh, honestly, like p partially true there. Um, <laughs> I, I was I was sort of sick of filming. I was like filming every single day for two years straight. And these other YouTubers in the UK called my brother and I out. And we basically signed a deal to fight them. And we had like four months to learn how to box. And I knew that everyone wanted to see me lose because I was like a very polarizing figure at the time. Like everyone, there was like this whole, um, you know, hate wave of Jake Paul. So I, I just made it my mission not to lose and sort of just fell in love with the sport, beat my first opponent and uh, just loved the content, loved the press conferences, loved winning, loved standing on the ropes, flexing on everyone afterwards. Um, so I just fell in love with it. Jake, what part of this, your whole crazy life, do you not love right now that you, obviously you're all over the place, you're, you're a unique, polarizing character. Is there anything you wish you didn't have to deal with? Um, you know, I, I try to live life with like no regrets and, and just have like a positive mindset. I think, you know, boxing um, is, is something that you have to sacrifice so much 
to, to do. You know, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and so part of me misses, you know, the old days where I would just be wake up and do whatever I wanted. Um, but look, I'm having fun, enjoying life. And, um, you know, the, the critics sometimes will try to ruin what you're doing and hate on you and, you know, bring you back down because they, they don't like to see people succeed in anything. Um, and so just dealing with them and, and shutting them up, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Being a star on the internet and not just, I mean, star is kind of understating it, but then watching the mainstream kind of catch up to you and your brother and it's been awesome, you know, because you now you got people dealing with the Paul brothers who I don't think they fully understand everything you've accomplished on the internet and how hard it is to accomplish what you were able to accomplish on the internet after your Disney fame and everything like that, the amount of work that goes into it. But now mainstream people are, you know, they know who the Paul brothers are. They know who the problem child Jake Paul is. Whenever you had that Triller fight and Pete Davidson, I thought for sure that they had to go, just like the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, when they make decisions, they should do it. I thought for sure, since you were kind of introducing a lot of us to this Triller, I had no idea what the fuck a Triller was. I probably should. I'm a social media company. I don't know what that was. But whenever you were having fights on there, like you introduced me to Triller, I signed up for it. Then listen to Pete Davidson, like the way he was talking the entire time. I was like, oh, Jake must just be like, yeah, that's cool. We'll buy into that whole thing. Did you expect, and then the commentators basically being like, oh, this is bad for boxing. We were like, what the fuck like the only reason why this is happening is because jake has decided and logan has decided do you guys have a hands-on with the production or are you more so stand off and just kind of work your business and show up and do your thing no yeah so that that was a situation that sort of got out of control um you know i was very involved in the production as much as i could be uh i was the one who like came up with the idea to you know have pete davidson because i thought he would do a great job and then boom all of a sudden they show up and start talking shit uh, <laughs> during the broadcast. I didn't know that that was even happening. Like I'm, I was focused on my fight. Uh, and afterwards, you know, my manager was pissed uh, at Triller. And, you know, that, that was just a nightmare. And you're right. Like I'm the one who literally hired these guys to be there. And, you know, they're, they're sitting there, they're talking shit. So, yeah, if I ever see Pete Davidson, I'm slapping the shit out of him. <laughs> on site, huh? On site? A hundred percent. A good old, like, backhand, because he's a bitch. Just a good, bop. Yeah, yeah, gotta do it. Gotta enjoy it. Hey, uh, this fight is on Showtime pay-per-view. Is it going to be, like, are we going to get to see some of the absurdity that we have seen in the past on some of your fights? Like, I feel like Showtime's more buttoned up, more professional what you do is professional, but I love the bizarre, like, circus atmosphere that surrounds your fights. You know, I, I think there'll be some different elements to it, um, but it's definitely going to be a lot more buttoned up, a lot more professional, and more so focused on the fight. You know, I think I had a bad taste. I think even my fans had a bad taste in their mouth after watching that broadcast, because even my fans were like, what do we watch? Isn't this Jake's event? Why are they talking shit about him? And so... For this one, we, we kind of wanted to just dial it back, focus back on the fight. And, um, you know, some people loved the circus thing. Some people didn't like it. So we're, we're sort of just testing out new things within the sport. And, um, you know, you, you will see some awesome things. Like my, my outfit that I'm wearing, uh, like my shorts, 
I've never seen anything like it done before. So there's some so there's some cool things, cool surprises on fight night. Uh, but for the most part, it's gonna be more professional. Okay. Hey, don't wear a forty pound suit. Deontay Wilder lost to Fury because he was fucking tired. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Walking out to the ring or whatever. The Mount Westmore performance, though, love that. Beeves, yeah. love that. I mean, you you made it an event. You made it a spectacle, which I think was desperately needed, not just in boxing but in the world. Like, hey, we need something to entertain and, and to entertain us, and I think we did that. Let's get to the fight, though. You know, Tyron Woodley. This is a striker, right? That's the big conversation. It's like, hey, this guy has lightning in his hands, as do you, by the way. That's all you've done is knock people out. Are you training differently, or is just kind of the evolution of, of Jake Paul, the problem child boxer, and you're just kind of going to go in there and handle business? Yeah, no, look, I mean, this is my hardest fight for sure, most serious opponent. Um, and so everything in this camp is more serious, you know? I have to be perfect on August 29th, and this is a guy with knockout power, one of the best welterweights ever, and I know that, and my team knows that, my coaches know that, and so we're doing everything in our power to prepare for him, uh, doing everything right in camp, and uh, this is this has been the, the most serious I've, I've ever trained and the most amount of sacrifices, the most amount of isolation I've ever done, um, so... I'm ready, and you know it's been it's been a perfect camp. But Tyron is a serious, serious opponent. Are you in Puerto Rico? Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, you, hey, you and your brother. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Puerto Rico shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're like the in charge of the tourism department over there. I think as soon as we heard you two were moving down there. We're like, okay, what the fuck's in Puerto Rico? Like, there has to be a reason they're going down there. You've kind of just did it to get away, to escape, and then you just fly back whenever you need to be at a thing, and then you go back to Puerto Rico? Yeah, look, man, I came down here and I fell in love with it. Uh, it's, it's simply paradise. You know, originally I was thinking of moving to Miami, the beaches and the ocean and, you know, all that stuff. But then I go to the beach, I get hit by the paparazzi, you know, a bunch of people are attacking me on, on the beach. I'm like, what's going on? I come to Puerto Rico. It's private, secluded, um, and so, so amazing here. My brother lives right across the street from me. So, uh, you know, it's really, a, it's really a perfect situation for training. And the boxing scene down here is incredible, like the talent. So there's good sparring um, and amazing places to train, amazing places to run, amazing gyms. So it's really the perfect place uh, for me to be for, for the next chapter of my life. You talked about not getting hit in your first two fights. Only professional boxer ever to basically not or three fights not to get punched in your first couple fights ever. In in those sparring sessions, and I you know, we've talked to a couple MMA guys and we've talked to uh, I don't think have we ever talked to a boxer? Vander Holyfield. Yeah, what's Evander Holyfield, but that was obviously towards the end there. Yeah. He was not in the middle of his fighting. Are you getting punched in the face in these sparring sessions? Is there off-limit rules? Have you gotten tested on whenever you know you have to eat a couple and bounce back? Has that ever happened before? And in sparring, are you guys going that far, or are you kind of laying off of that? No. Uh, sparring, we go 100%, 110%. I, like, my nose is crooked. AJ, I don't know AJ Hawks, yeah. So yeah. I, got a, I got a little black eye here. Another one over here, just just kind of going away. But uh, I go through real tough moments in sparring. You know, I'm sparring uh, really, really tough guys, uh, you know, top high-level world champion boxers, high-level MMA guys, bare-knuckle uh, fighters. Those guys are those guys are tough. They're, and they crack me in the face, you know. they I, I get hit every day in sparring in the gym. Um, but 
you know, in, in the fights, I've just, I've just managed to knock people out. I think when the 10 ounce gloves come on, like I just stop these people and they don't have enough time to even get to me. That's awesome. Hey, Jake, you mentioned you, you haven't been hit in a fight, but where people claim you have been hit is when you crashed your brother's whole situation in Miami and Floyd's, Floyd's guys grabbed you and started roughing you up. They act like they really pummeled you. How'd you feel after that? Yeah, no, they they, uh, they they roughed me up pretty good. Uh, Floyd, <laughs> they were not happy, man. I took his hat, and uh, that was the main thing. They were like, "Give us the hat!" They're like, "Give us the hat!" And I was like, "No, no!" I was <laughs> it. And I didn't want to give it to him. And then there was like ten guys like pushing me down into the cement. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll give you the hat. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, you want the hat, all right, all right. So, but, but Floyd got me with a, a good uppercut. Um, and, yeah, I, I had a black eye. But, you know, I told Logan afterwards, you know, 10 guys holding me back, both my arms back, my neck extended, my face down, and Floyd rips an uppercut shot, bare knuckle, hits me in the eye and I was like, damn, like that didn't, that didn't even hurt. Like he hit me in the perfect <laughs> spot. <laughs> he hit me in the perfect spot where I got a black eye, but I told Logan afterwards, I was like, bro, this guy doesn't have punching power. Like you're going to beat this guy. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I love the fact that you just eat an uppercut from Floyd Mayweather. You know what I learned there? I mean, I definitely have a black eye, but my fucking guy didn't knock me out. Yeah. Hey, Logan, this should feel pretty good going into your fight. Go ahead, Todd. Jake, you obviously, you know, like, how polarizing you are, so you have to have thick skin. But does it ever piss you off when you go into, like, these fights and you've put all this, like, time and effort into becoming a boxer and guys still shit on you and, and underestimate you? Like, does that piss you off at all, or do you prefer that going into a fight? It's like, all right, well, no, one, no one's expecting me to do anything, and I'm about to fucking put this guy to sleep. Yeah, I guess I guess I don't mind, and and I almost think that people are doing that because they don't want to accept the reality of the situation, and they're just making excuses for the MMA community or making excuses for Tyron Woodley. But you know, I think everyone has to see that I can actually fight, uh, and and if not, then they're just like not ready to accept reality and then i just like don't care about those people um and and soon they will respect me you know i i think i have a lot more to prove and i understand why there are still a ton of critics and i haven't really even been able to show my boxing ability i haven't shown my inside game i haven't showed my cardio i haven't shown my ability to take a punch uh so i, I think i do still have a lot of respect to earn and um uh, you know, I, I never try to dig into what the critics are saying. Okay, you got a big brain, all right? You're from Ohio, so obviously you Ohio folks are, you know, a special fucking breed of human, obviously. But <laughs> you have a very big brain, it's obvious. What you've been able to build, accomplish business-wise, and also you're bringing a sport back into full relevance. I mean, you have a massive brain. At what point did you say, you know what, need a fucking robot? Did you watch Avatar and you saw them get into the thing and you're like, yeah, I need one of those? When did the robot become a thing because it is spectacular? Thank you, man. Uh, man, I'm just thinking constantly how to do things differently and how to brand myself better than everyone else in this sport. 
And I was thinking, like, why do why does every NFL team have a mascot? Why does every NBA team have a mm. mascot? How come boxers don't have a mascot? And so I literally, like, started scouring the Internet to find the person who could make me the dopest Transformer problem child mascot ever. <laughs> it is, by the way. It is very yeah, sweet. Yeah. So who... Is that the same person? In, it has to be somebody you very much trust in there. Because I think they were like getting in Tyron Woodley's face, actually. Well, I think there was like a full thing happening. Is there any rules or guidelines on what that robot can do? Uh, he he's kind of has his free reign. You know, he's, he's the problem bot. So <laughs> he can cause problems and get away with a lot of shit. But, he, you know, he, he does talk. He does talk a lot. He does have a loud mouth. Uh, <laughs> so it's been pretty funny in the press conferences. Hey, business-wise, anything you haven't accomplished yet that you want to do? I, on How old are you? Sorry. I'm 24. Okay, so we've seen you since, what, you're 12 years old, basically? Yeah, yep. You just kind of take over. And <laughs> in, in, there's been, I mean, you, you shut down Vine. Basically, mm -hmm. you and your brother shut down Vine. You created basically this YouTuber existence thing at this point. You're 24 years old. You trailblaze for us to do what we're doing right now and actually be a legitimate show. Is there anything business-wise that you look to accomplish, or right now everything's focused on boxing? Uh, you know, I think I think the boxing and the business go hand in hand. Uh, you know, I have my venture capital fund, uh, anti-fund, that I, I run on a day-to-day -day basis, which has been crushing it. Um, and that and boxing are sort of my main focuses uh, and, and just looking to build some brands here in, in the next couple of months. Uh, but I, I think the overall goal is to become a billionaire uh, just to say I did it. Like I, I've had the challenge for myself since I was, I think, 18 years old. Um, and, and it's not even necessarily about the money. I just think like, hey, if you know that guy over there can become a billionaire or Joe Schmo can become a billionaire for inventing Billy Bob teeth. You know, I want to challenge myself and I want to become a billionaire just to say I did it. Yeah, that'd be a cool resume piece. I also have the same dreams, not because of the cash, but because there's only a few amount of people that have ever been able to accrue that amount of success. I think you're obviously well on your way. Pool noodle guy also made a billion. So, you know, something to think about. You know, yeah. Connor, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, Jake, obviously you're focused on the Woodley fight, but looking ahead, have you ever considered, you know, you and Logan going at it or are you guys just Team Paul forever, no matter what? No, we've considered it. And, and I think, you know, everyone sort of wants that to happen besides our parents um and, <laughs> and so my dad anytime i get asked about it in an interview or is mentioned to him he freaks out and calls both me and my brother puts us in a group chat and is like no absolutely not this isn't happening <laughs> like i hate i hate everyone who thinks they want you to do this and blah 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 it's not worth the money but there's always this like thing between Logan and I when we're both boxing, even when we're both sparring, we're both in the same gym. It's always kind of like, who who is better? So, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> he's got the reach, right? For sure on you? Yeah, he's like, he's about half inch to an inch taller. Uh, and we, we, have, we actually have the same reach. And I'm, oh. actually, heavy, I'm actually heavier, which a lot of people... Uh, don't don't realize because he has a massive upper body, but he sort of skips leg day, and uh, <laughs> and I I have like these tree trunk legs. Um, so have you ever virtual reality boxed? 
Um, I don't think I have. Okay, so that's all I do, Jake. Listen, that's all I do. All right, I don't want to get punched in the actual face, but I'm in the Oculus. All right, and I'm throwing these <laughs> these big bombs. That first time you were in the gym, whenever the European guys called you out, did you know immediately, like, hey, this is what I'm gonna love. This I'm gonna love. Was it something you knew immediately, and would you change how you got into boxing any different way? I wouldn't change it, no. But you know, it it was sort of rough. Uh, the first couple of sparring sessions, I was in there against like an undefeated pro uh, named Nico for the first couple of sessions, and he wasn't really holding back. <laughs> and that's that's how we learned. Like we learned the hard way. I remember my first couple of sessions, I was like bleeding out of my face, and like I was like, "What is this sport? Why are we doing this?" And I w- I was only able to go like two rounds at the time. Uh, so it was a it was a very hard start, and it's been a very long journey since that moment. But people, you know, always say like, "Oh, how long have you been boxing?" or "How many years?" And the answer is three and a half years. But the quality of those years and the quality of that experience is far greater than three and a half years. Um, so you know, you could be doing something for twenty years straight, but doing it the wrong way and think you're you're good at it. Yeah, the quality of the hours mean a lot more than the quantity of the hours. And Jake, next Sunday, August, no, couple Sundays, August 29th, live in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio on Showtime. You'll be fighting against Tyron Woodley, former UFC champion. We're pulling for you and your problem bought, bub. <laughs> awesome, man. I, I really appreciate it, and I, uh, I look forward to talking again. Oh, you come back on the show, maybe. A hundred percent, baby. Let's go. Hey, that'd be very nice. You'd be blessing us, and we know that right now. So I appreciate the hell out of you. Good luck in your training. Good luck in your fighting. Can't wait to see the night, Sunday, August 29th, bub. Awesome, man. I'm going to get this KO. Peace out, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Jake Paul. A legend in the making, a guy who's going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants in the future, a guy who has already tweeted Dana White and Vince McMahon, won the Olympic gold medal in buzzer-beating, incredible fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, from the University of Minnesota, Gable Dan Steveson. What's up, man? How are you? Oh, no, I don't think I can hear you. It's probably our fault, not yours. Is there a phone ringing in the back there? Can you hear me or no? Oh, yeah, you sound amazing, Gabe. Hey, um, how was uh, Tokyo, dude? Pretty good? Uh, Tokyo was good, you know. Gold medal, can't complain. (laughs) Hey, uh, whenever you go over, this was your first Olympics. Have you dominated everywhere? Is this just something that we didn't know about out here? You see the name Gable, obviously. Then we had heard about you at Minnesota because of the round-off backflip that you did at such a big... Then you go into the Olympics and you dominate everybody. Then you get an Olympic. Has it been like this forever? Have you just been the most dominant wrestler in the history of wrestling? Uh, I probably wouldn't say that. You know, I think I've did a good job since this point, but... uh... I think uh, most definitely a lot of people haven't heard about me until the the Olympic Games happened and I made that like stunning final finish. But um, I mean, shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, six and a half seconds left in the Olympic gold medal match is it a match wrestling match? Yes, wrestling match. Yeah, not a game. Come on, have a little fucking respect. That's on me. That's on me. Uh, uh, me too, by the way. <laughs> so, fix that. Six and a half seconds left in the gold medal match. 
and you're down two or whatever, you just done something amazing to get or you're down one and you get it to that point. Did you and I watched your dad, I think, in your family watch, and it seemed like your dad didn't have any panic either going into that. In your mind, have you done this before? Is this a normal thing, like a buzzer beating like takedown at the end? Because for me, I was at home watching, zero connection to you, and I'm just watching this thing. I, you know, we haven't met yet. I'm happy to meet you now. I'm honored to meet you now. But I'm watching that, and with six and a half seconds left, I'm like, golly, so close, our guy. Like, uh, we have our. And then you do, I jumped up out of my bed. I was like, let's go, dude. Like, did in your mind, with six and a half seconds left, you just say, you think to yourself, I got to get him down however possible here? Or is that something you prepare for? Is that a situation you're used to? Like, going in there, can you take me through that? Uh, most definitely not used to that position because I'm, I'm really not even there in, in a lot of matches. But, um, I mean, probably in that last six seconds, I mean, I, I went all the way to Tokyo for three weeks to to not come back with a silver medal. You know what I'm saying? I came back. I'm trying to come back with a gold medal. So, in the last six seconds, I was just, like, locked in. If you saw my face on the, in the match, like, no stress, no nothing. So, I just went out there, like, I'm already getting my ass whooped. So, I got to I gotta score three points to, to bounce back and, and win this gold medal. And somehow I did it and... You know, it's just just what happened. It was awesome. And I think that was the first time any of us had seen you maybe look like maybe the guy was even in your level. Uh, you know, because it was a very – I don't want – it wasn't easy. I assume you were very tired. But you 10-run that son of a bitch in like two minutes <laughs> yeah. early. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I didn't even know this was possible. What is that, a technical – Tech – tech, whatever. Yeah, what, 10 running somebody. You dominated. And you just went all the way through doing that. And then seeing you have to battle a little bit of adversity there, I think, as a fan, made me dialed in even more so. When you were wrestling in college and you're a national champion, I believe, right, yeah, numerous times? or one just one time we got canceled last year so one time COVID would have been two times would have been two times but just one time right now okay are you back in school uh not yet we start in September but I'm uh debating if I want to come back and wrestle you know WWE MMA play football who knows you know what i'm saying there's the doors open okay so let's talk about your future then you have an olympic gold medal you have a national championship you could potentially go back to school and just get another one because covid took away your resume that everybody else got a chance to go for that is it your level of wrestling um i saw you tweet dana white i saw you tweet vince i just heard you say football there have you done any mixed martial arts has vince reached out to you and have you ever played football before you seem to be explosive you could probably figure it out uh, we'll, we'll start with, um, we'll start with Dana. I mean, Dana gave us congratulations, um, on, on Instagram DM. And so, I mean, I'm assuming he's gonna, he's gonna holler and say what's up, uh, eventually. But Vince McMahon, I have not met Vince McMahon personally. Um, Triple H has always been the one I've talked to. And you guys know Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, I know Ric Flair and a few others. So, Woo! always the one that has hit me up. And NFL, I mean, the Vikings gave me a little tweet, you know, Brock Lesnar played at the Vikings. So, I mean, why wouldn't they give me a shot? You know what I'm saying? It's just... Ooh. Pizza, you know, greatness comes 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 and goes. So, um, I actually at a I went to go for football practice with with Coach PJ Fleck, and he told me strap the pads up and let's go. You know, we, we're gonna row the boat till we die. You feel me? Um, <laughs> and while I was there. A Buffalo Bills, um, I guess scout was there. He said, "Hey," and he's he told me how that I knew the head coach of the Bills loved um loved wrestling because he likes the determination, the heart it takes. And um, there's uh, there's some guy that I know that has um, there's the Detroit Lions reached out to him about me. 
Gay. Hey, wow. congrats to you, dude. Seems like the world is uh, kind of your oyster right now. In oh, your that- in your mind, what are you going to focus on, you think? Are you leaning anyway? Are you kind of seeing what the right move would be, see who's actually interested so you don't waste your time? Or are you young enough at this point, you could probably give it a go at a multi- uh, multitude of things? Oh, I'm, I'm going to weigh out all my options, you know what I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the best options, best for me. You know, um, at the end of the day, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to live a comfortable lifestyle. I'm trying to keep my feet up and, and do my work. So uh, whoever whoever's going to put the best on the table for Gable is who's going to get Gable at his best. So that's all I can do. Hey, I love Gable, dude. I'm a big fan of Gable. Have you been wrestling your whole life? Did you play any other sports? Uh, I mean, funny story, I, played, I, I ran cross country my sixth and seventh grade year. I would come at last like every single race though. I was running, <laughs> I was running one point twos in like thirteen minutes. So that I mean, normally people run a mile like six. So I was like seven minutes late. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just this big, big dude. I mean, dick all around, just just huffing and puffing, trying to get up the hill, trying to get to the the finish line. So that was kind of that was kind of embarrassing. But I mean, I did it for wrestling. I did it for fun, and that was cool. And hey, if if he's here, so shout out to Coach Hart, man. He, hey. he did. Shout out to him. Um, Shout out to Coach Hart for sure, Gable. And whenever I think about you, you just talked about it there. You did cross country for wrestling. Going back through high school, I played uh, football, soccer, volleyball, but it was friends with everybody, you know. And watching what the wrestlers went through, it was just the commitment to beating the shit out of yourself so that you can either make weight or be in shape well enough because you can get God out there. You don't play wrestling. You can get God out there. So the commitment to the craft is something. And then just a couple years ago, weren't they trying to abolish it or get rid yeah. of it, basically? Yeah. You, you, by the way, might be a massive part of wrestling still going in America for the time or for the future because you becoming this lightning rod. What is wrestling? It's a tough road. Did you Have you just... You just fell in love with it, or how did you get into it? Oh man, I mean, first of all, my name's Gable, so I'm, I I gotta wrestle somehow because Dan Gable won the 1972 Olympics, and here I am, Gable Dan. I won the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games, so I mean, wrestling has always been in my family. Wrestling's in my blood. Um, you know how I look at wrestling, it's like a, a it's like do or die. It's like life. You know, what I'm saying I'm not when I go out on the mat, it's either me or you. I'm not trying to die that day. He's got to go. So I mean, that's just a you gotta. Have- <laughs> every time you go out on a mat and wrestling's been in my blood i mean i love the the action that comes with it. i love going out there and putting on a show for the people and i i love going head to head with somebody and and breaking their feelings and just just you know because you have a personality i think there's a lot of robots potentially in the wrestling world or meatheads or hardo or anything like that do you talk during the match or are you normally quiet out there oh there there's a lot of times i talk um you know i just say i just say a couple of things get in his head and just go take them down again. You like whisper in their ear, like, "Hey, hey, that cauliflower <laughs> ear ain't gonna do shit for you." Right now. <laughs> Is that what you do? Like, what happens? Ah, uh, there's some, there's some worse things probably said, but you're just. I, I, I try not to cuss. Uh, yeah. I just, I mean, in my Big Ten finals match, I told him he had no chance. That's hilarious. Man, he was like, support. Hey, yeah, you're pretty fucked here, bub. <laughs> That's an awesome. That has to be a pretty good feeling. Have you ever? It was the Georgia guy. Uh, that you wrestled there in the uh, finals, I believe. Is that it, yeah. right? The guy was from Georgia. Yeah. Did, yes. Have you wrestled any of these guys before? Did you get the chance to see film on them? And then is it is it not until you like finally get your hands? You're like, oh, okay, this is what I'm dealing with here today. Is that is there a feel out process in this whole thing? Oh yeah, most definitely there's a feel out. I feel like the the first twenty to thirty seconds of a match is always like a feel out, unless you don't, unless you know the the opponent. So guys like those guys, I've never wrestled in my life. They're all like thirty years old. 
um just i just went out there and i don't really like watching film i feel like film like messes up my game plan and so my coaches were watching and they just told me what to watch out for and yeah like i said just feeling those guys out and having that game plan is, is most definitely something that you need have you always been faster than all the other heavyweights it feels like that is a massive advantage for you you just give a little swoop get to their back well you're down see you later there's two it's over <laughs> that's what you did the first one when you 10 run the person it seemed oh, yeah. like it was the same move every single time and there was nothing that person could do and by the way i think that was the same move you did with six and a half seconds left right you kind of get their waist get their back and then you do that is that your specialty is that like a gable dan stevenson specialty and is that because oh. you're faster than everybody Almost definitely is my specialty. I mean, I practice that move all the time. Just snap down, go behind. It's so basic. You know, a lot of people think you need some some high end move to win a win a big tournament. I think I proved right there that, that all the kids that are watching, they're gonna see that I just did a snap down, go behind, and that your coaches teach you that when you're like two years old, three years old, and I did an Olympic final. So you got coaches, go go take kids, go do that move. I thought we were losing. Okay, I thought we lost. And then all of a sudden, that ref fires his hand. If that ref doesn't get his hand up with, what, 0.2 seconds yes. left or whatever, does that still count? Can that go to review? Can that go to challenge? And when did you, as soon as you see that hand go up, do you look at the clock and know, like, oh, my God, I just did it? Or did you know, like, self-aware enough, okay, that was within six seconds? Like, when did you know, like, holy shit, I just stole basically this guy's gold medal right from underneath him? Uh, right, right when I um. Right when, I, right when I went behind him, I, I looked at the clock and there was like 0.2 seconds left. And I threw up my two and I looked at the ref next and he threw up his two. And like the and like there's like a sign in the video like that has like the two that pops up on the blue. And I just got up and I was like, oh, my fucking God. And like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ran over coach and I jumped on him and it was like, um, it was like, geez, I just I stole. And I didn't really steal an Olympic gold, but like he had it in his hands and he gave it up to me. And I just. I just took it from him, and it's crazy. Well, stealing has a negative connotation as if you didn't deserve it or earn it, but I would assume whenever that thing gets started back at six and a half seconds, that Georgia guy who speaks, I don't know what language, the conversation that's happening in his head in his language is, I'm a fucking gold medalist. Yeah. (laughs) This is awesome, because normally, wouldn't he just try to delay there a little bit, just a little stall for six and a half seconds, and I mean, it just... he could have he could have started out, but he's got to think he he had to think about he had to engage because if I would have pushed him out, I would have won the match too. Oh, so you had uh, numerous strategies there. Yeah, if I pushed him out, I won the match, and if I circled behind him, I won the match too. So he had to engage, or they could have gave him like a caution and one. You know, there's so much that goes into it. Yeah, I didn't know any of the rules. I realized while I was watching, I, I, it was very. <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew you were doing well in a lot of the things, but I didn't know exactly how or why you were doing well. I saw the points flying, that whole thing. Did you get a chance to interact with any other sports athletes? For instance, American Taekwondo, 18 years old, Anastasia Zolotich. Did you get a chance to uh, conversate with any of the other kind of like martial arts community? No, so we um we we were with our own team the whole time. So we started out um, a place like three hours away. We were quarantined and stuff like that. And then we moved to Tokyo, and then we were in a hotel. So we really couldn't go nowhere. It was just us. We didn't see any other athletes. The only other athletes we saw were the women's wrestlers and Greco-Roman in our men's freestyle. So that was it. So you're literally just living that quarantine life over there in Japan? Three weeks straight. Did you sleep on cardboard box beds like everybody else? Yeah, it was bad. Damn, man! Okay. Heavyweight even had to sleep on a cardboard box bed over there. Crazy how they treat the treat the biggest, fluffiest dude out there. You know what I'm saying? We should have got a five star bed, something like that. Come on, it's the Olympics. <laughs>
It's the Olympics. Really, what really is great. I mean, COVID, I guess. Congrats on doing that, even while sleeping on cardboard boxes and winning a gold medal. Go ahead, Ty. Gabe, but when it comes to like the UFC or MMA, like, have you done any training or anything like that with that? Because I assume like no one's fucking with you. So like, do you know like what you have in your hands or anything? Obviously, you're a very accomplished wrestler, but like, have you like you know practiced like boxing and kickboxing and like any of that kind of stuff? Almost definitely. I, I've been um I've actually been been putting on the gloves lately. To be honest, um I've been rolling jujitsu a lot. So I mean I I got the striking just a little bit down. Um, most definitely need to need to get a good learning curve. Just like wrestling, I mean it takes a it takes a while to get the hands ready. So I mean most definitely I'm working on my hands and I'm working on that um my ground game. I feel like my wrestling's okay. Um, Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good game. You couldn't even keep a straight face there. Gable cracked up Gable right there. I mean, that was a uh, you cracked me up as well. The um the thought of getting into the UFC though before the UFC was a thing and before mixed martial arts was a thing and I think before it really blew up. This is what I would say to my wrestling friends. It's like I appreciate the sacrifice you guys are doing. Like I appreciate the amount of work and what you guys do. And by the way, if we go to a bar and get into something like I'm very thankful you guys are with us. Okay, the cauliflower here automatically makes us look like a much more intimidating group. And if we get into something, you're going to be able to handle it. I'm very thankful. But there was never that professional, right? It was never. It never. And then WWE with Kurt Angle and others it kind of became the route but then the amateur wrestling community the wrestling community hated the professional wrestling community now it seems like there's a lot more of a like and that I don't want to say like a pipeline but it seems like if you're a good amateur wrestler at least now there's places where you can go make some money in your sport right that has to be good news almost definitely that's very good news to be honest I mean Kurt Angle and guys guys like Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar really started that out I mean Kurt Angle won the gold medal with a broken freaking neck went over there to the to the WWE and became a legend, a superstar. Now, now Kurt Angle's name rings bells everywhere he goes. I mean, Brock Lesnar won the national title. Now he's he's a legend in WWE and UFC. So yes. it, it, those guys right there have have opened a pipeline for for guys like me that are gonna make a decision here on whether I want to go UFC, MMA, or go play ball somewhere. You know, it, it it's opened a big door for for Vince McMahon to see me, Dana White, and anyone else that wants to come talk. Yeah, Paul Heyman, massive brain, by the way. So when I saw you with a picture of Paul Heyman, I was like, okay, awesome. I am also a massive fan of Paul Heyman and have the utmost respect for him. But I think Paul Heyman potentially, you know, Minnesota pipeline with Brock as well. But I think whenever he saw you do that round-off backflip, Paul Heyman was like, Hmm. oh, there's... There's a sold-out stadium somewhere. Yeah. I think there is potentially that. You have all the athletic ability to do everything, man. It was so fun to watch. I'm happy that you did that for the sport of wrestling this past week. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Gable, you mentioned there's so much that goes into it at the end of the match where you can push a guy out, you can go for the takedown. Do you guys go over that, you and your coaches, or is that something that you just kind of aren't prepared for and he's yelling at you like, hey, you got six seconds, you got to get something done? Uh, in, in the practice room, we go over stuff like that. We we go over like thirty seconds left in a match. We go over like uh, ten seconds. The guy's up by one, or you're up by one, or it's tied by criteria. So like we we know how to go get through so uh, those positions. But realistically, like in that type of a match, like Olympic gold medal match, like that that six seconds is like last is is straight heart and just determination. Like you can't you can't teach heart and determination. You know what I'm saying? Like you can teach guys that come back from three points in 45 seconds but you can't teach heart like that six seconds was it was it was strategic but it was a straight like i wanted i wanted it more than he did god that's awesome hell hey, yeah let's hey. roll dude 
it made me just want to run through a wall there, you know? And especially hearing that you were living basically like an isolated bear in hibernation in yeah. cardboard boxes for three weeks in the middle of Japan. How is oh, the definitely. food? Do you have, obviously, a heavyweight? You can weigh whatever? Like, or is that, am I... I'm sorry, you cut out there. Say what you said. 275 is the max. So at 275, are you 275 right now or now 260 something? About 6265. What do you wrestle at? What did you wrestle at? Uh, my last weigh-in was 255. That's like the lightest I weighed in a long time. You know, what I'm saying I wasn't, I wasn't eating that much, so I was just, just locked in. To be honest, it's because the food was terrible over there. I've been in Japan. Food's terrible. <laughs> the food, our food is fine because they were cooking like American, like our our style of food. So we had like it, it like. Uh, a little lunchroom or whatever. Like, I don't know what's in the hotel. We're like, um, a meeting room. Conference. Like a big, yeah, conference room. We had that filled with like our type of food and they were throwing like the Japanese culture and stuff. So we were eating good. I was just like, I was just like so locked in and just like, I wanted to win that I was just like barely touching anything. So when you're on those cardboard boxes, were you playing video games or were you doing to pass the time over there? And what do you do now as a hobby? Are you a gamer? You work out all the time? You play, what do you do? Uh, most definitely back at home. I finally got to. I finally got to touch my Xbox again, my Warzone. But when I was over there, me and my homie um, Aaron were. We would just watch movies. Like we had like a schedule. We'd wake up, go to practice, go watch wrestling, and then eat dinner, movie, repeat every day. What movies? Any good movies get you to the Olympic gold medal that you could point at and say, "Hey, you know what? This character right here really carried me through a time where I was missing America." Was there any movie that got you there? Uh, we um. Probably y'all know that movie "Don't Breathe," like where the the military dude's blind and oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, new one coming so, out. Day before I wrestled, you know, I was just locked in. Like the way he was coming about, the way the the blind dude was like bouncing back from people slapping him and punching him. But he was also like a freak at the end in the movie, so I rock with it. <laughs> but um, but you drew I, some I, inspiration through some parts through, of the movie, like the so like how locked in he was and determined to kill these people and how determined they were to get his money. So like I was like, you know me, I gotta go get my money. So I was locked in. Uh, the Olympic gold medal, where's it going to live? You can put it in a vault, a safe. Are you going to wear it every day? Would, would you wear this out and about? I would. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm not wearing that out and about. <laughs> <laughs> you wear it during Warzone? Do you stream? Do you have, like, oh, oh, that'd be awesome. Do you, do you stream with that thing on? Uh, no, I don't stream, but, you know, there's um, – I actually shouted out Tifu in, like, a, a video, and, he, you know, he followed me on Twitter, so – that was kind of cool to see Tifu follow me on Twitter. And, and Nick Merckx, too. I want to play with them. So I'm trying to get locked in with a couple couple people to play with. So, that's, you know, I'm trying to do what I can do. Gable, shoot every fucking shot, pal. You did a lot for America. Everybody was a fan of what you did. We've all fallen in love with you and what you did for the sport of wrestling. You deserve everything. Shoot your shot. Go live your life. Can't wait to see the superstar you become, whether that's with the WWE, UFC, football, internet, continuing to dominate the wrestling world. We appreciate the hell out of you pal thanks for all the hard work and uh sacrifice for that yeah thank you guys for everything for sure no problem hey i won't you know if you need to uh i got heavy hands in the oculus if you're getting into the mma world of ufc and you need anything in the oculus and fake fighting i'm undefeated <laughs> just if you need anything yeah. You got my phone number. I'm going to call you probably tomorrow because I'm going to need you. All right. This is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a sternum shot. Okay. And then as they're, you go overhand right. Pow! Just knock them out every time, Gable. Ladies and gentlemen, gold medalist, Gable Dan Stevenson. Yeah! Thank you, Gable. Hey, so sorry to interrupt, but let's talk about dating for a minute. Okay. I've been out of the game for a while, but. I feel like I got a pretty good handle on how you guys are living your life out there in the dating world. You're not 22 anymore, and that's a good thing. If you like someone, they'll know. If you don't, they'll know. You know what you want.
and you're over the bullshit, and that is okay. Emotionally mature is actually kind of hot to you now. You realize that you don't have to agree on everything, and six texts sent back to back to back to back is totally cool. Young love was great, but dating is a fully formed, emotionally mature human. And none of us are ever going to be at the finished product of emotional maturity. But now you're in a much different place in your ears, in between your ears than you were long ago. That means dating is different. You're on a whole different level now. And there is an app ready to make love happen for you at this stage of your life. Now, granted, they can help everybody out. But to those looking to kind of become a more whole human being, you got to download the Match app today. And you can message your top matches for free. Match adults date better. The Match Dating app. This is not Match.com. I'm talking about the Match Dating app that allows you to message your top matches for free. Match adults, date better. Be an adult, find an adult, find love, live your best life. Match dating app. Back to the show. Hammer down boys have joined us in studio. I'll tell you what, has the heater continued, Gumpy? Five and two yesterday. This guy who gives out picks publicly Monday through Friday, for free every single day, 15 minutes after this show ends at youtube.com forward slash hammered down, has been on a heater that you're not supposed to be on whenever you're giving out picks publicly. When you start giving out picks publicly, normally the gambling gods say, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, is that right? That's what the gambling, oh, is that right? That's what the gambling gods say. Somehow, our Canadian ship painting friend has debunked that entire gambling god thing. He has been on a heater that has been unforeseen. I have no idea how you're doing it, pal, but I want to let you know, Thank you, Gump. Thank you, Gump. Thank you, boys. What are we betting on today? What are we betting on today? More baseball. We're just hammering baseball. Probably take the Steelers tonight in the preseason, too. Steelers, Eagles tonight at Tone Diggs. Also host of Hammered Don, which goes 15 minutes after this show ends. How'd you do last night, Diggs? Are we back on the heater? It's been even Steven, even Steven, even I've decided I'm done betting baseball, Pat. Oh, bad night for the for the cow. Favorites are 78% in the last two weeks. I bet puppies, okay? I roll with the dogs in the mud. I don't want to bet favorites. I don't want to be out here fucking, oh, this is easy. We're betting favorites. Is there beef amongst the hammered down boys? No, he's not betting betting favorites. What's he bet? First five. Just betting winners. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of it. So, Diggs, I don't want you to lose you know, any of your confidence as well. You know I never have confidence, Pat. True, but at least sometimes you at least feel good about yourself. And, and I don't want you to think because you are not going 5-2, and 5-2, and 12-0, and 13-1. <laughs> just because you're not doing that, you need to remember that what you do with your brain gambling-wise, also incredible, you're just sitting next to fucking Babe Ruth. You're yeah. sitting right mm-hmm. next to Aaron Rodgers. You're sitting right next to our next guest on this show, basically. Ooh. Wow. A goat, a great, joining us from his attic in Ohio, maybe with some internet. Not who I was referring to in the last sentence, but I guess it could also go for him, ladies and gentlemen. AJ Hawk, we're talking. Hey, 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 how's the internet? 
Yeah, who knows, man? You never know. Minute by minute here, what's going to happen? <laughs> I want to let you know, you did not send me a text telling me that your internet was back operating. This is quite a surprise. I thought we were without the Hawk for at least three to four days because the internet in Ohio is terrible. Brutal. But it's great to have you back. Thank you. Joining us now is somebody who could be compared to what Gumpy has been doing for the last three months, going basically undefeated as a gambler mm-hmm. publicly. Some are calling him the GOAT already. Yeah. A GOAT already and has been defined Olympic gold medalist. A name synonymous with our best team over the last, what, 10 to 15 years. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, U.S. Women's National Team member, captain, and record holder, Carly Lloyd. Hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, it's a lot better now, Carly. Having a little greatness amongst us is good. You know, this yeah. show, uh-huh. his, uh, his internet's terrible over there in Ohio. He wasn't even able to be a part of the show yesterday because it cut out. The boys in here, we're a bunch of idiots. Having greatness with us is great news. So thank you, Carly. I'm honored. Awesome. How was Tokyo? How was it? Obviously not the outcome we wanted, but anytime you get out there and break some records in history books, that's has to be at least a little bit of a positive, right? It was good. Obviously, we went there to win gold. Um, we didn't accomplish that goal, but we came home with some hardware, just a little bit of a different color, bronze medal. Um, so it was good. You know, it was a it was a really tough and challenging trip. Um, I'd be lying to say it was an amazing trip because with COVID and, and all the protocols, it, it honestly was not anywhere near an Olympic experience, but very grateful that they were able to hold the games and uh, we were able to compete. Okay, so let's talk you guys. Uh, are basically our only sure thing whenever it comes to like, hey, our United States women's national team soccer, they are the hey, we got the win. We got the team that's better than everybody through the COVID year. And is there, is it almost like, you know, it feels like it comes in generations too. Uh, Mia, Brandy, and then kind of now this generation has had so much success. Do you look at the team from, you know, the run that you guys have been on that has been incredible? And then is there a younger generation that's about to pick up the baton and continue to run this thing, you think, Carly? Um, you know, I can't speak for, for everyone else. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, if you want to look at, uh, some of us, uh, our ages, um, we can't play forever, unfortunately. So it's going to be very interesting to see the, the next cycle, uh, the next wave of players, but, um, that always happens, you know, generation comes in and generation leaves. So I think that we're closer to, perhaps uh, a generational shift uh, with some players, you know, leaving within the next several years. Um, And that's just the way it goes. So uh, we're going to have to just continue to to pass the baton and and, uh, hope that this next generation continues the winning spirit. Have you noticed anything of those, like these younger generations coming up as you've been around for a while and you're, you're a veteran, like, is it different now coming into to soccer than it was when I guess you broke in really? It definitely was, yeah. I I think just uh, the world we live in uh, now, there's a huge generational shift. I think, uh, you know, the culture's a little bit different, the work ethic, the mentality's a little bit different. Um, But I would say with, you know, the players coming in with the national team, um, they have the mentality, they have the, the fight and the grit. We just have to make sure that we continuously bring that because that's what's made this team so successful over the years. Um, I've said it before, I think I said it uh, in some of my interviews, you know, talent alone doesn't get you to the top and talent alone 
doesn't win you championships. So you need to have the talent, but you also need to have a mentality and, and a fighting uh, mentality to, to, to bring that with it. Hey, your competitive edge is awesome. Uh, is it in everything? Is it in, like, hey, we're throwing a bottle into a trash can? You know, because I don't know much about the women's national team or I know a lot about our world and our most competitive people are our most successful people. And whatever you're talking about your team, you guys have won so much so often. I assume it carries into everyday life. Are you competing in absolutely everything in your life, Carly? I am a hardcore competitor. Yes. Uh, especially, you know, when I'm going at my husband, whether it's axe throwing, uh, whether it's mini golf, we are ultra competitive, but that's, that's just how I roll. I've always been like that. Yeah. You have a championship mindset, which is why I thought, you know, you were potentially going to be the first woman to ever kick a football in the NFL because in between the years, you have this mindset that is unshakable. And then I watched you hit a kickoff off the ground with Sam Cook. You murdered that ball. I mean, it was absolutely slaughtered. It was, did you stick with that? When was the last time you kicked a football? I was excited for that. I was super pumped. We got an Olympic legend coming in and kicking and representing for the brand. And then it kind of dissipated a little bit. I guess soccer, you know, got a little bit more important. But are we going to kick? Is this, are we going to give in to kicking again or what's going on? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, my my day job kind of got in the way of that. So yeah. uh, the last time I kicked was was at that Eagles training session, um, which was probably what two, a couple of years ago, I guess. I mean, you I murdered that ball, Carly. Full leg lock too. I mean, you. Not every soccer player can kick a football. That's what I think a lot of people get confused on. They're like, you know what? If a soccer player uh, just goes and kicks, they'll be able to kick in the NFL. It's like, that is not accurate at all. Your swing seems to have a natural transition. And you murdered that thing, Carly. Wow. I mean, you took more steps than a normal field goal approach, obviously. But let's go. Hey, whenever you're ready, whenever the day job's done, I would like to offer up any potential inside information I can get from other people that are good for you to continue that dream, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's somewhat similar. I mean, obviously, no pads, no helmet. Um, I have quite a few steps there. Um, but I've, I've broken down my technique within the game of soccer so much. So I think that's why it's sort of easy for me to, to transition to kicking a, a field goal. You know, it's a little bit different, but it's, it's similar in some fashion. So I have uh, a friend since kindergarten who happens to be the CFO for this company. His name is CFO Phil. All right, he's number stooch. He has to run through all of the numbers. He has a beautiful family. His daughter, Bella, plays soccer. And obviously for little girls, not only around this country, but they're around the world watching your team is massive inspiration and everything like that. If you had to speak to maybe you whenever you were young trying to make it and break into the Olympics or the Olympic team or anything like that to get into the pools what would you do what would you say to a young girl that was trying to make it into the u.s women's national team and maybe carry that baton for years and years to come well i i think it's uh it's incredibly difficult you know that's why there's a select few that make it to the top and even a more select few that stay at the top for uh so long so uh i think that the biggest thing that that i would say is is embrace who you are you know be authentic and and be comfortable in your own skin and uh don't compare yourself to others don't compete against anyone else just try to be the best version possible every single day and you know my my motto uh that i live by every day is is better every day you know there's there's opportunities 
that we can all be better every day in whatever aspect that may be. And you've got to work incredibly hard to, to get to that point. So, you know, that was with my career, um, head down, sleeves rolled up and, and just got to work. I, I never imagined having a career that I've had, but um, with hard work and many other things, you know, you're able to achieve any dreams you want. I think your microphone cut out there at the end, but I think you said uh, also Bella, Uncle Pat's the coolest dude to ever exist. <laughs> I think I heard that. I appreciate you doing that, Carly. Go ahead. Carl. That's right. <laughs> I'm joking, go ahead. Carly, you said that uh, it was a much different Olympic experience this time as uh, compared to the past. Was there any ways that you guys kind of passed the time as a team together, or was it just kind of locked down for most of it? Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty locked down. I mean, we're, we were on the road, uh, from our send off games all the way to Tokyo, about 40, 43, 44 days. Um, so it's a lot of time, uh, together and, uh, you know, we would all just kind of hang out in our rooms, um, pass the time with movies, shows, books, podcasts. Um, but, you know, aside from training and, other team meetings and stuff that was uh the most exciting bit of of the olympic games unfortunately did it become does it ever become overwhelming i mean you guys you know i mean with the everything that happened in the world becoming every like i think our show is a nice mental vacation for people because we're way too stupid to be giving them actual opinions on things that matter in the real world we're just talking sports but because you represent the united states and with everything that was going on in the world did it ever become too much to be like not only are you have to be great at oh geez not only do you have to be great at soccer not only do you have to continue to work and continue to get better every single day but you guys were also becoming like uh like a big part of a political world that was happening out there. Was there ever a moment where you, it kind of got too much or nothing that you expected or hard to stay focused on just the the soccer and what's going on in the pitch as opposed to everything else that you guys were kind of being, I don't want to say forced, but almost like pressured into becoming? Was that ever too much for you, Carly? You know, I think everybody's different. Um, you know, I, I try to um, live my life is as simple as possible you know first and foremost my job is to be the best soccer player that i can be and to help my team win um the, those have been my focus uh and my, and my focus for you know the 17 years i've been on a part of this team so you know as i've learned throughout the course of my career you have to block out so much noise um and and every year that i've gone on with the national team it's been different you know uh social media has obviously come into play a lot more yeah. uh over these last five uh you know five or so years um but i've just tried to to be positive um you know my social media is is all about soccer i love quotes so i put quotes out um, that's really the extent of it. So I, I tried to just clear my mind of, of everything else and focus on what I can control and what matters. And, um, you know, that's no different what I did this, this past uh, trip to, to Tokyo, you know, just blocking out everything and, and making sure that I'm prepped and ready to go. Do you have big plans uh, for whenever you, uh, you hang them up and you don't want to play soccer anymore, whether that be, I think you could be a great TV commentator, I'm sure, talking about right. soccer, maybe an analyst for the games, coaching, I don't know, like, what are your plans? Movie star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I do I do clinics, like one-off clinics, where, you know, they're just in and out in two hours. Um, I enjoy doing that. I would love to, to 
to travel more and um, hit up more cities to be able to do these clinics. My schedule over the, the last several years is, is obviously been really tough. Um, I, I'm not sure I want to do the commentary route. I, I think that it, it's a lot of preparation. It, it's not easy by any means. Um, and I'm not sure that I want to travel and be having to do all that, but I enjoy speaking. So hopefully uh, things start to kind of open back up again and, and be able to to go to colleges, companies, corporations, and whatnot, and, and speak about my story. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm not sure after that. Obviously, I want to start a family with my husband. I want to do things um, before starting a family, yeah. have some me time, because once once you have kids, it's pretty much all over. Um, <laughs> that's so that's, that's what I have uh, in mind uh, right now. That human that asked you that question has seven kids right there. <laughs> no way. Yeah, 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 he does. He has seven children Ooh, out there. Four. It's absolutely, well, whatever the case. I mean, it seems like they're sitting there <laughs> flying around. Um, I would love to have a Carly Lloyd clinic in Pittsburgh for, uh, I don't know how we go about yeah. doing Ooh. that, but that would be fantastic. Carly, thank you. We're talking to Carly Lloyd, obvious U.S. women's national team legend. Ty Schmidt, go ahead. Carly, I think it was the last uh, World Cup that you guys were in, the an article came out that was like dubbing you guys the ugly Americans because you have beaten the hell out of teams for so many years. Like, is that palpable when you guys go to tournaments? Like, Oh, everyone here hates us and we're getting their best shot. And do you guys feed off that? I think, you know, being a part of this team, we've always had a target on our backs. Um, we've been the number one team for a really long time. We win. We um, always find a way to win regardless of of what it may look like um so that comes with the territory but i think it's really important to have a mindset that we aren't the number one team in the world because teams are catching up to us teams are pushing us to be even better which is what we want to see within the women's game um i think you saw that this this olympics you know uh teams are are fit they're strong they're sharp tactically they're so much better um so you know long gone are the days where we just kind of roll up to a game and it, it's an automatic win that's, um, the that's way that i sport right oh absolutely i mean you want to see this you know look, look at sweden um canada you know they they came away with uh oh, oh, oh we hate canada carly hey we got a canadian in here we hate him too yeah <laughs> canada stinks canada stinks the worst dude hate him we don't like canada but it's really good it's really good for the sport so that's what we want carly you ever do this before what 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 <laughs> Look what? At that. what 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 oh, very impressed try your left <laughs> the left foot ain't worth a damn all right that's why i uh Kicked balls for a living with one leg. That's all I needed. Carly, incredible career thus far. Can't wait to see what you continue to do on the field and in life. We appreciate you so much for, you know, allowing us to be a part of your life here on this beautiful Thursday. Appreciate it. Great chatting with you guys and all the best. Did you say you guys were just listening to our podcast over there? I think I heard you say that the whole time. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, Carly Hey, she was cool, man. Yeah. That was awesome. Whenever she got pitched to the show, there was no way in hell she thought, you know what, I should go do that. Yeah, no, I'm very no thankful chance. for her. What She has the most goals in U.S. women's national team history. History, I believe. Yeah, yeah, in I Olympic think, yeah. history, probably, right? Olympic She definitely. just beat what? She beat out uh, old Abby Wambach. Oh, really? Yeah. Abby was a uh -huh. assassin on the field. Yeah. 
Rude Van Nistelrooy of the women's game. That's right. <laughs> Abby Wambach. Uh-huh. Undefeated. Hey, Bella was watching that, though. Phil said he's going to force Bella to watch it. I, nice. She has school? They do school? Yeah, what the hell? I thought school hey, Bella, started. get your ass in fucking class. Yeah, it's summertime. summertime. Is this do year-round school? No, I thought school started early now because of the COVID. Summertime. Uh, and class is easy. They're all Zoom calls, no. and they get A's and B's. I don't even think oh. it matters anymore. I, I, I'll FaceTime with Phil whenever they're in the middle of that quarantine thing. And in the background, Bella was probably in history class. I think the little Phil was in some other class. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the youngest was just running around, I think, naked, just causing a complete chaos. There's no way actual grades happen. Are you worried about the, the schooling now? I mean, this is quite a diversion here. <laughs> but uh, isn't, I mean, did school even, like, if people are watching the Zoom calls, that's all they're really looking for, right? It's yeah. brutal. Like it's really there. tough, for, especially young kids. Like, I have a... Uh, I had a second grader and a fourth grader, and when they had Zoom, like at the beginning of the COVID, back whenever it started, they had like three months of just Zoom, and yeah, they can't. You're going to pay attention for six hours on a Zoom when your teacher's talking like it's impossible. Luckily, we've got them into a school where last year they went to class and we're actually there. Yeah, God bless them too for that. The the um, and all right, AJ, what the class you the school you guys got them in? Uh, they are. They were learning about Noah out there. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's heavy. Yeah. Heavy. Oh, so it's very serious by the book. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. The, hey. The book. The, no, the no, book. no. The sequel, though. Uh-huh. Oh. The sequel. It is actually the sequel, I believe, is the one that AJ's got his kids in. I don't want to give too much away, but <laughs> I think everybody kind of understood that these are wooden pews. These things are not. Uh -huh. These are not comfortable pews. You are not coming in here to have a good time. You are coming in here to thank the Lord for what you have here. Thank you, Lord. Get the hell out. If I, I'm happy I wasn't a parent through this entire thing because I would honestly be telling my kid or if I was, I mean, it's my duty, I guess, to look out for my child. And I don't know how Sam would feel about this. So this would be an entire conversation with her as well. But I'd rather have my kid watch Carly Lloyd just do interviews all day than go sit in a Zoom class where they're fake paying attention to something happening on a goddamn screen. It would have been tough for me to say, hey, you got to sit down and stare and listen to this person that went to school to tell you stuff. It, it, like, it would have been very, very difficult for me to do. So good on all you parents out there getting through. Yeah. Baby AJ. Good job, parents. Hey, there's a lot of rules coming out now with these stadiums, AJ, and it's great to see you. We didn't get a chance to chat with you yesterday. We'll talk about Hard Knocks and Big Mike being an absolute oh. fucking star, a guy that you <laughs> yeah. love. We'll do that in a little bit here to get your take on that. But the, the ticketing and mask mandates and the stadiums is getting very interesting the baltimore ravens came out i think yesterday or two days ago and said if you come to a game to watch us play here at m&t bank i believe field or stadium place is loud does not get anywhere near the amount of credit it does it deserves for the atmosphere that they create down there uh, as part of the new protocols for ravens games played at m&t bank stadium this season all ticketed fans are required to wear an approved face covering at all times when in an indoor area of m&t bank stadium regardless of vac status unless actively eating or drinking per team. That came from Josina Anderson. Okay, so Baltimore says when you go up, take a, a, a leak or buy something or go into concession area that's covered, got to have the mask on. If you're in suites, got to have the mask on. If you're out in the bowl, seems like you're going to be okay. Don't have to wear the mask. Now, this has led to other places coming out with their own mandates, and maybe this is going to, we're probably going to see more of this as we go. Buffalo is you got to wear a mask regardless. You go to a stadium in, Buff in Orchard Park, you go up there, Buffalo Bill 
Bills, Bills Mafia, whatever you're doing in the parking lot, going through tables, throwing uh, uh, ketchup and, uh, and mustard all over yep. and doing whatever the hell you're doing, drinking all the Labats you could possibly Ooh. drink. When you get in the stadium that is very much a bowl and wide open, have to wear a mask everywhere. Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, it is uh, recommended but not required. This is going to be another step in the entire rollout post-COVID or... Are we getting back into regressing? AJ, your thoughts on all these things that are being released here in the middle of preseason and it's only going to become a bigger story as we go and get closer to the regular season kicking off? Well, I mean, we knew – I feel like you you felt this coming, that stuff like this was going to happen. But my question, is this on the owner or is this on, like, the city, the local rules, the local protocols? Do we know what each stadium, like, who's making these protocols? Okay, so it's fascinating because here in Indianapolis, our mayor – Okay. He cared. Hogshead. Hogshead. He cared. Okay, that's Diggs' thoughts. Everybody has their own thoughts. He cared about humans more than anybody else. That's why he refused to open this place up. That's right. Other states that in cities that were maybe more locked down than anywhere else on earth opened back up. But here in Indianapolis, the mayor said, I need to see some more numbers. Okay. He cared about people more than anybody else cared about people. So bravo to him for caring about people. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for for thinking for me, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor Joe. Thank you, Joe. But can he count on your vote? next uh, election? I, I think it's going to be tough for Joe to get back in. I think it's going to be tough for Joe. I, I think Joe knows that. I, yeah. I, I'm not in the political world, but I think just the feel of the city since, you know, how. and I think a lot of local government, by the way, is going to be looked at through a magnifying glass a lot more than ever in the past. You go vote and you vote on the local thing, it's like, yeah, who gives a fuck? All right. Yeah. Now I think a lot of people that are going in there are going, Wait who's in there? Get them out. Whoever isn't in there, get them out. I think that is potentially going to happen. So not just Joe going to deal with this. I think the entire country is probably going to have to deal with the turnover of local leadership. If I had to guess, not 100% sure, not in the political world, that is just a hypothesis for the future if I had to guess. Joe is going to fall into that category, I do believe. But he was the only one that said nobody's allowed in our stadium. Okay? He was... 31 teams said you can fill up the stadium full. We'll be at full capacity. Mayor Joe Hogg said told the Colts, not yet. All right? So that went weeks and weeks and weeks. And then officially it was announced it will be filled. And now the mask mandate is uh, not mandatory but recommended. So I don't know if it's the local authorities with the team ownership. I don't know. You assume that local authorities are running all of this because that's what it has been for the last 13 months or whatever but i'm not 100 sure if it's teams taking control and making their own decisions or if it is also local authorities kind of weighing in on that whole thing well and it seems like when everything was rolling out it was state by state so you got to assume that they're talking to somebody but do you think that eventually they're just going to require vaccination cards if you don't want to wear a mask or they're just going to say mask or no mask? so buffalo bill's ownership though might be putting this in because they feel like they're doing like, even if the state doesn't have the rules or the local, maybe Buffalo Bills are like, we're doing our part. Like, you know, you By never, Buffalo, you never yeah. know, like, how owners feel or how how organizations might want to take a stand or do something like that. You never know. Like, honestly, you never know. So I, I don't think we can broad brush paint like the local authorities are making these decisions uh, because I have no idea. But I, it's going to get. Because what if they have to start going down percentages of stadiums was, being filled? Yeah. And what if that has to happen again because of uh, Uncle Delta and, and Lambda? What? What? 
And Delta Tau. And Delta Plus. And Delta Tri Delta. And Alpha Phi Delta. And the Alpha Delta Betas. Those ones will get you. They spread through the eyeballs. Don't even fucking look at each other. The COVID Alpha Beta Delta does. But honestly, it feels like there's going to be more of this conversation in chat. I mean, this hopefully, like, yeah, this is where they're starting. You would think the next step would be they're going to start reducing capacity and keeping people separated as much. We hope we don't get there, but if they can, obviously the rules, the protocols and everything could ramp up to where they could limit capacity, but hopefully we can also go the other way too, right? If something changes, though, they could take the mask off. They can not have as many restrictions, right? There is a lot of people that are not happy about any of this, man. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just yeah. both sides. Both sides, people are pissed. But the anti-vax people are pissed because oh now we gotta go back to the rules whenever we didn't even have it you guys are doing your little thing i didn't want to do it you're if i die i die yeah let me do that and then the people that got vaxxed are like you motherfuckers i did this and now i'm gonna have to go back into this because you're doing that and that this is a standoff and it's not a political party affiliation standoff by the way and i think that is continuing to be confused i know people in my timeline and this is how i judge the real world that are all the way on maybe the furthest left part of these wings i guess that there are Mm -hmm. and then there's some people that are cemented in the right in that have popped up in my timeline and both sides hate it both sides like it and that's why i don't know if there's ever going to be i mean rogan i mean rogan anytime oh. old rogan who has what 20 million people listening yeah. to his shows whenever rogan 10 million of that clip probably seen by 50 million people whatever yeah. it is whenever he comes out and goes like hey we're one step away from a dictatorship i mean that is that is like a great depiction of how one party feels and then you can just turn on any news and be like this is how not and by party i mean in this particular case not political party in the vax non-vax party and then the other it's this is going to get ugly for a long time, and it, who knows how long it lasts. And I just hope there's fucking NFL football, dude. A fucking just got to sit down and watch Man 101 together. <laughs> Sting, that would help. That Sting did put out episode two. <laughs> yep. Sting did put out episode two or he three. Did. <laughs> he did. It was good. It wasn't quite as good as the first episode, but no. it was good. No, the first episode was him putting together that uh, pottery. Yeah, there are multiple characters. Yeah, the well. planning. Yeah, no, that you guys are talking about. Was that the second episode? The neon green relish. Yeah, that is not man. That's not one hundred and one. Oh, that's not man one hundred and one. That that was man one hundred and one, but that wasn't the first class. Oh, no, you know, because I did see him give a guy, you know, like blast a guy off a boat for one episode of man one hundred and one. Yeah, and so. there was another episode where he literally went to Lowe's, I think, and got two by fours and built a uh, like a a thing to hold the shit that's under plants. Oh, like a compost pot? deal. Boom, compost box. Yeah, that's what he built. One of those. That was man one hundred and one, and he even gave it at the end. So I think there's been numerous episodes. It does feel like he has potentially found a season here, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We are on season three, I think, in yeah. this one. Put them together, sell them on Netflix, and let's make this fucking yes. thing go. Let's get to a break. Um, is the beer helmet in play? What do you mean? Well, if you have the beer helmet with two straws, you probably don't have to wear a mask if you're drinking the whole time. So there was a chance that I potentially have to, uh, in some places that may be traveling to, to do something where mask might be mandatory full-time okay this is in the future not whatever unless you're drinking or eating so i just assumed i was just gonna have a straw in my mouth at all yeah. times but the beer helmet is right yeah. that's the Beats that's the cheat code uh-huh quick that, solve everyone get very very drunk at the games <laughs> and then drive home covid hates out <laughs> oh, all right 
I was going to say COVID hates alcohol. That's what the local government's doing, Pat. It just stinks because we've been saying they announced full stadiums months ago, and the whole time you're mentally thinking, "Hey, we're gonna have full stadiums." And now that we're here, it's everything's going back. Hey, dang, not everything. Not everything. Not everything. Hey. Not everything. Hey. This show will stand on the side. Of, hey, they'll figure it out. Is Ty wearing a costume today? What do you mean? It's not a costume. He's honoring the Field of Dreams game. Yeah. Dude. What's your deal? Oh, okay, cool. Then I, I, now I get it. He had some shit kickers on earlier. He did take them off. Yeah, they don't, they don't show up on camera, so I said, fuck it, I ain't going to wear my shit kickers. I'll wait till I'm back in the field with those. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes on this beautiful Thursday. Thanks to our guests for allowing us to, you know, ask them very dumb questions and hopefully get some above average answers in the listeners' eyes. I hope you felt that way. I mean, new guests here, huh? This is the bookers paying off, I think. I think that's what we're watching happen right now. All right. Feel Good Friday tomorrow. Massive show coming tomorrow. I mean, big time show to throw you into a big weekend, hopefully. Then Smack Don's happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma tomorrow night. You know, there's preseason games happening. Football season's around the corner. Summer slams next week. Oh, my God. Let's go. Be a friend. Tell a friend if you enjoyed this. If not, just act like it never happened. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Thursday night. Hashtag in the pod squad. I appreciate you so much. Cheers.